everyone, and welcome to the Art of Podcasting, episode 14, Ryan Canestro, recorded May 20th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This week, we're proud to welcome Ryan Canestro of The Home Recording Show with us. Steve conned him into being here. He didn't know what he was in for, and so we're going to get some uh, stuff out of him before he realizes we're a bunch of hacks and leaves. So welcome, <laughs> Ryan, to the show. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. And also, with with Ryan, I have, you'll, you'll know, I have a thing with names. So by the way, with Ryan, I have Mr. the previously mentioned, Mr. Steve Cherubino of HowToPodcast.biz. Hiya, Steve. Hey, Mark. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Good, good. And back with us after a near-death experience is the Professor James Messer of ProfessorMesser.com. Hiya, James. You should write these names down. You could just read off the list every time. I could time. do that because when I read, there's no brain involvement. It's just brain stem at that point. I followed the white light. Here I am. <laughs> what what was James' near-death experience? I didn't know about this. Well, he was sick last week, and I was just being dramatic. <laughs> Okay. It, it sure felt pretty near death. I, uh, I'm still recovering. I'm not at 100% yet. So, but, uh, you know, I just had to be here. I read a, a quote somewhere from a doctor. He said, uh, upset the bacteria in your uh, system and they'll remind you who you work for. If, if <laughs> this was only bacterial, it would have been awesome. <laughs> All right. I don't, think, I don't think we want to go any further. Wait, I've got pictures. <laughs> Okay. Save it for the after show. All right. Uh, I just want to go really quickly and 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 do a front page retraction. Uh, uh, Steve, it's only ten seconds. We were talking about show intros, and I said this one is about twenty seconds. I have a couple of them that are, but on this one, it's between eight and ten seconds every week. So uh, you're I not so. you're not insane. Uh, you're talking I, about the music, the intro music, right? The intro music that I love, that you love so much, and you have this begged me awesome. to never change. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. That's great that it's 10. I wouldn't mind if it was less than that. Yeah, you wouldn't mind if it was zero. I understand. <laughs> I missed the whole no, I got, episode. I got myself music. into this. I agreed to make music for the show, so we'll see how much worse I can do. Yeah, you Mark, missed. You don't, you, don't, you don't know those. That, that band that's recorded, uh, that does our intro music, is it, are those friends of yours or is that what kind of no, music? No, it's just a guy that? I found on a Creative yeah. Commons site. Okay. Just checking. I, don't I have no sort, immersion, but... emotional investment whatsoever. <laughs> all right, good. Better I think it should way. be all drums. Should just a drum like a like a an African sort of thing. The whole intro. No, I was thinking more like a a nineteen fifties. There, like the wipeout solo. Like 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 the the drums just before you would expect the music to come in. Except we can't afford anybody with horns. <laughs> Boom! Here's a podcast. Or go the opposite direction. Just go bagpipes. Bagpipes. I like it. I could get somebody playing Amazing Grace. That would be awesome. <laughs> but you got to be sure to get right at the beginning where they're first warming up and it sounds like somebody strangling a cat because that's really the best part of bagpipe playing and that's how you endear people to your show <laughs> yes it makes them want to listen week after week after week notice everyone about secret podcast, how mark said i guess we're done here okay good night everybody <laughs> notice everyone how mark said he's something about strangling a cat i'm learning through doing shows with him that he's a cat not lover Yes, so. yes. Steve, Steve is a cat lover. I am not a cat. I'm not a cat hater. I, I recognize, That's why I didn't say hater. I, mean, I recognize their killing, right so. to exist on the planet. I just don't want them near me. <laughs> Are you allergic? Uh, my, fortunately, I married a woman who is. So I have that built-in excuse when my kids say, Daddy, can we get a kid? No, nope, sorry. Mom's <laughs> allergic. 
Nice. So it worked out really nicely. Because if I'd married the crazy cat lady, well, I wouldn't have married her, frankly. The crazy cat lady doesn't get married to anybody. Yeah. Well, well, as long as we're airing dirty laundry, my mom is the crazy cat lady, which is why I hate cats. I mean, growing up, we never had less than 15 cats. I'm, I'm oh, not kidding. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, and how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like I hate cats. You know how I didn't know about I didn't know about this childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. the whole background. Now it makes sense. Yeah. You know how like one cat will like to lay on your pillow at night. Imagine that times fifteen. You never said this. But, I mean, I, that's an excuse. That's acceptable excuse. Now. <laughs> I understand. All right. So are we friends now? Can we still be friends? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Now I'm not you gonna. Finish. You know, if I'm at your house, I'm not gonna punch your cats. It's not. <laughs> it's right, not good. how it goes. I'm not one of those people. Much. Nice. Much. <laughs> I'm not going to punch it when you can see me. Okay, uh, Steve, ready to go. I How is that for a things. big market transition? Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, well, I knew what you were talking about because I have the notes. Um, I, did, I have two interesting things today. Not really that interesting. I ha- first thing is I hacked an XM radio. Again, I wanted an XM radio for inside my house. I have one in my car. I really like it. I wanted to play Electric Area. It's my favorite channel in my house. And uh, I went out and, of course, guess this, you guys. You're going to like this. It was 10 o'clock at night and no stores were open. That's early for you, Steve. What do I do in that situation? This is every other episode. We're just replaying (laughs) for those of you listening in. I go to Walmart and they have two radios there. And, of course, none of them have a home kit. They just have a vehicle kit. So black. um, One's white. Whipped out the soldering iron. Cut up a 12 volt DC adapter, a power adapter, and of course you did. Soldered it to the you know the cigarette lighter plug, and works great. <laughs> Looks great too. I haven't I haven't pulled out my soldering iron for a while. So well, you know, in most cases, car stereos get better reception anyway. Is that true with satellite when it's beaming from space? Does a car one do better? Yeah, the, the car gets great reception. Yeah. This thing I had to freaking it's all over the place, but it works. <laughs> anyway, that was. My geeky hacky thing I did. Where'd you put the antenna? I ran it out my window and it's sitting on what's the thing and for an AC unit, the big fan. What's that called? The condenser? Sure. The big fan for an AC your AC has that big metal fan. It's on that. Facing oh, the southern sky. I think in the manual it's actually called the big metal fan. <laughs> yeah. I had Maybe to like compress through bushes. So the compressor. Ass- I mean, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah. It sounds right. Assuming that uh, our listeners uh, know nothing of this man who is with us this week, Steve, give us a quick primer on who is Ryan Canestro and why they should care. I think Ryan will give the best primer, but what I have to say about it is um, he's basically the co-host of my favorite podcast. I talk about it all the time. I love the home recording show. Um, I'm getting into home recording and... These guys do a great job of just covering things uh, thoroughly, and they're funny, man. They have a good sense of humor, and it's just a really entertaining show. They do a professional job of putting it on, and uh, I'm really digging it. So, um, uh, Steve, how many podcasts are you on? That I, I do? Yes. Just three these days. And his is your favorite podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> well, thanks for the compliments. No problem, man. You guys do a great job. But um, it's a fun show. It's fun to do every week, and that's kind of important. Yeah, it, it is important that you enjoy 
uh, doing it. So tell us a little bit about the home recording show, Ryan. It's pretty much what the name says. We talk about home recording and everything around it, including music making, techniques, equipment, uh, pretty much anything that can be involved with it in any way. And we've been doing it for about three years weekly. And uh, we're almost up to 170 shows. So we've, we've covered a lot of stuff. We really haven't even gone back and recovered things, uh, maybe in a different direction. But we still haven't run out of things to say, which is pretty amazing. And what's the makeup of the people who are on the show? Well, it's uh, John Tidy and I, and he and I have been doing it all the way since show one together. And we've had uh, a co-host for a while, uh, Jesse Zoller. He was with us for a bit, then he uh, had some things change in his life and didn't quite have as much available time. So John and I went on for a while, just the two of us, and then we decided, why don't we just have a new co-host every week? So we choose from a pretty big pool of people that we know or listen to the show, um, work in studios around the world. And each week we have somebody new, which is kind of fun. That is. Yeah, yeah that's a great, it is a great format. Do you uh, find it easy to get guests? Are, are people lining up at your uh, Skype these days to get on the it's, show? It's easy, um, but you know we kind of have to schedule it. And that's the part. John and I both have very busy lives. So usually it's like a day or two before that we're like, hey, well, have you talked to anybody that might want to do the show this week? And it kind of <laughs> yeah. works like that. I, I then, know a little um, bit about that. I really do. Yeah. And then I, I'm more of a planner. So I'll book like two or three weeks out. And then we'll, once we finish that, it's like, uh-oh, we don't have anybody again. Yeah. that's. I know exactly what you mean too. I, I do a show called Podnuts Daily and oftentimes it will be minutes before the show when I get my guest. So a lot of times... Yeah, and a daily show is a pretty big commitment. It, we, it used to be daily. Now it's weekly, but I kept the name. So it's not too bad. But yeah, we. I mean, I know exactly what you mean as far as getting guests, but you got it pretty nailed down as far as do it once a week. You know what? Do you guys record the same time every week? Like, yeah, usually okay. it's uh, Monday at 4 p.m. and then the show's released on Wednesdays. Cool. After John does all the work. That's nice to have somebody who does all the work. I'm going to have to try it that is. someday. That's really great. So, yeah, we yeah. used to switch off each week and then we kept getting complaints about the show was slightly different from week to week. And we're doing a home recording show, so people are a little picky. So John just said, you know what? I'm going to take it over. We'll have consistency. I'll do it the same way each time. So he developed uh, an entirely workflow that was exactly what he wanted to hear and sounded great to me. So I said, hey, do it. It's all yours. Enjoy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. All, the, all the benefit, none of the work. I, I can't, say, can't imagine why you'd say no to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, tell us, uh, Ryan, what is your day job? My day job is uh, making music. I have a recording studio. I do live sound at uh, different venues. And I also do on-set sound. So pretty much anything you put a microphone in front of and make money doing it is what I do. It's that making money part that's important. Yeah. So I haven't had a real job uh, for seven years now. Nice. Non-real jobs are the best jobs. Yeah. And I've been able to support my family, uh, wife and two kids, on just music and uh, entertainment for this whole time. Uh, started off pretty rough, but now we're starting to uh, eat regularly. <laughs> Raymond noodles are gone. <laughs> yeah, we, we, have, we went through that. We're up to canned food now. Nice. The drink. So what made you decide to do the home recording show? I really wanted to 
build a community and be involved in it and force myself to continue to learn each week. And that was basically where I started with it and started looking for people to do it with. And it's evolved into this whole uh, different thing now where it's, it's, it's bigger than I ever expected it would have been. Uh, it's not that we have so many people listening, but we have a lot of dedicated people listening and we've got a, a great little thriving community. And uh, that's the part I enjoy the most because I, we get to interact and learn as much from our audience as we're able to help everyone else out. And right, we already had, I knew it would come up. We already have the question in the chat room. What's the deal with the chicken? Uh, I used to say ride the lightning a lot, just that Metallica joke. And somehow a chicken got inserted into that. And I'm not even sure how it really happened, but it kind of evolved into ride the chicken. <laughs> and now people are doing all kinds of things to a chicken. Yeah. So we had uh, one listener send in a picture, uh, audio clip of his rooster. And uh, then it's just kind of taken a life of its own. And that's one of those fun little things that happens in radio. And you start to hear it in podcasts now. Uh, these little inside jokes that happen along the way kind of perpetuate themselves. And uh, that's kind of, it, it came apart in a very organic, weird way. And it's now people are starting to hate the chicken and some people are starting to love the chicken. So we're starting to get that divide and conflict. <laughs> and it's kind of fun because there's so much going on around a chicken that means nothing. I love how you so nonchalantly just threw in there. Some guy recorded his chicken. Like everybody has chickens, you know, and this guy just took the time to record his chicken. He took an SM7 outside and recorded his rooster. <laughs> I'm actually afraid to listen to that clip because I listened to like the first split second of it and I got scared. Isn't yeah, there like a modified version of the chi audio clip well, of the he, chicken? he took the clip and he took, first it's the original sound and then he slowed it down and then he slowed it down <laughs> a lot. So it sounds like a chicken and then a dinosaur and then the worst part of the worst nightmare you've ever had. That, exactly. I think that's the one I heard. I'm yeah. like, ah, I'm about to go to bed. Let me let this play this clip. Yeah, yeah I might nice be the same after. <laughs> and then someone took a clip and, and made like a death metal song with a rooster doing like the throat singing thing. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's been all kinds of stuff. We have a chicken page now on the, there's a tab on the home recording show site where you can uh, get into your chicken related material. <laughs> now you, it's you good. have, it's good, good Mark. You, you've reached one of those things where I think a lot of, of podcasters want to be. And Steve sort of uh, hit that uh, point early on. And that, that is that your audience generates a lot of your content. A big chunk of your show is uh, responding to feedback. How long did it take to get that sort of interplay between you and your audience? Uh, well, I had the go. bright idea one day to try to get more comments because we're only getting maybe one or two a week. I said, well, if we read them and people hear their questions live, uh, they might really enjoy that and, and comment more. And as soon as we started reading the comments, it kind of exploded. It went from one or two comments a week to 20. And that happened within weeks. That's smart. So we first had the audience and, and we would get a lot of emails and things like that. We'd have a lot of private conversations and said, well, why don't we just make all this part of the show? And John and I were talking about doing a format change at that point anyway. Uh, we used to do uh, two segments each week. We'd each do a segment and then uh, we would have discussion and some interviews and stuff. So we decided, let's go to just one segment. Let's throw the comments in there. And we started doing a rapid fire thing, uh, three quick topics. But then we had to keep coming up with more and more topics for the rapid fire. So that kind of faded away. And now we do uh, a lot more interview type stuff with our guests towards the end. Yeah, that is kind of the, 
So it's you kind of eased your load a little bit when when the users bring your content, and I, it makes a good show. I mean, you, you you don't burn yourself out. You don't have to find something every week and then start to dislike what you're doing. I mean, I mean, you guys do 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 the segments, but you're 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 not like doing so many a week that you you dread doing the show. Yeah, so it's, I'm doing uh, two segments I, yeah. a month every month. I'll, I'll do two of them, and usually. Uh, unless I know exactly who the guest is going to be and we've discussed it beforehand, I won't even tailor the, the segment to the guest. We'll just throw it out there and, and hopefully whoever we have on that week, uh, knows what we're talking about. Unless we have, you know, weeks in advance, know who's coming on. Uh, as, and I have a, a segment coming up with a guy. We've, we're going to actually do a segment together and then he'll be our guest throughout the show. So we do, do a lot of that too. Yeah. It's good. It's a good way of doing it. Yeah, it's it fun, it fun. And, and the show's just kind of become more organic now. Before, we had to try to force it and make things happen. Now, John and I just get on, and the rapport is there. We know how to to, to groove with each other, and, and now awkward silences are becoming very deliberate, and we know how to use them, and it's, it's kind of fun that we just kind of have that, that interplay now, where it used to be kind of awkward, and people responded to that. Now, that's just us interacting without even trying. Yeah. Do you think yeah, you it guys- helps that you're a musician, a performer, you know, that there, there's a certain subset of skills that seem to cross over a lot there between what you do in your day job and what you do in your, you know, your podcasting job? Oh, for sure. It's, uh, you know, having, being able to see the other side of something. If, if you're working in a field where you can't understand the people you're working with, it, you're not going to do as good of a job. You just can't. So it helps to know how to be able to be the performer, how to be able to be the engineer, how to be able to be the producer, uh, wear all those different hats so you can identify with everybody and get the most out of everybody and then be able to take all that and then condense it down and be able to explain it to somebody. Uh, that's the other part of the podcast I really like is things that I already know to be able to explain it to somebody else. I kind of have to relearn it and figure out a way to explain it. And then sometimes we'll find little details that I missed along the way. So it keeps me learning. I, I, every time I explain something, even something that's simple that I do all the time, I'll still discover kind of another way to do it. So doing this show really just helps you just become smarter and better. I mean, it's, it's an advantage to you to do the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love it. And that's, that was my original intent to set out to keep forcing me to learn and get better at what I do. And it, it has definitely done that. And I've met so many great people along the way and uh, formed relationships and now i've been working with some of the people i've met through the show uh it's really great i gotta say i mean this is twice you brought up the community that that was in my network that was the main thing that i didn't expect to happen either and it just that turned out to be the best part of doing the whole thing is all the people i meet and they're they're my friends now and you know you, you build this tight community and they're all helping each other and you got forums and people commenting yeah. and contributing it's just it's you never, I never expected that, and it's so gratifying when that happened. I was, yeah, that's the thing I always wanted. Uh, it's not that I just need to hear the sound of my own voice. I, I really wanted to build a community and be a part of it and put myself in the middle. Yeah, well, doing a good job. You've been well, doing you. this, what, coming up on four years. Do you, do you still love it as much as you did when you first started? I think I like it better now. It's, uh, it's gotten better. It's, it's uh, more natural. It's just a part of my life. It's not like, oh... Monday's here. I gotta, I gotta get on the mic and talk again. Right. Um, even if I'm not even having a very good day, I get on the show and I enjoy doing it. And it, it just kind of goes into autopilot, and we just have a good time and get to talk shop. And this is the stuff that 
if there wasn't a microphone in front of me, I'd be sitting around still talking about it. Right. But today we were on I, set I, and the drummer asked me a question about audio interfaces and I talked to him until the point where he almost had to get up and walk away. But <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted to know all that stuff, but he didn't know it was going to be that much. <laughs> and when a drummer who doesn't know anything about recording says, what do I need to record my drums? It's like, oh man. Okay, we, how much time you got? <laughs> he didn't know that he just said sick him to a junkyard dog. Exactly. He's like, so uh, two microphones probably be good. Well, if you want to record demos, I guess, but if you want to get a good sound, you're going to need this, this. And he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he almost passed out. I believe it. Did you ever see that scene in Scanners where the guy's head exploded? It was about that. Yeah. Um, I, I know what you mean about doing a show. Like, you might not be having a good day. It was oftentimes when I was doing my show daily, I'd come home tired, miserable. I'd do the show kind of not wanting to do it. And every time by the end, I felt much better. It's, it was like therapeutic. So it's great talk, being able to talk to somebody you love, um, talk to s- about something you love. And um, have people res- there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's man. a big, big fan, Ryan. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and have people come back to you and like and respond to what you're saying, like just knowing you're being heard. It, it does a lot, like th- like in a therapeutic yeah. way. But like the first maybe fifty episodes, we were just like, "Is anybody listening?" Right. There, there would there'd be like two or three people going, "Yeah, cool. I found your show. I like it." And it's like, is there anybody else out there? Uh, when you think about it, uh, radio guys, they get about one percent of their audience calling in at best, and it's probably less than that. Uh, podcast, I I, I would imagine that it's going to be slightly higher, but if you've got a hundred people listening, you've got one person that's going to write in. Do you track your uh, stats or do you not really care about that? Uh, I haven't really been paying attention lately, uh, but we've noticed uh, it's been continuous growth. It's almost exactly the same growth every time we look back. Um, We get, I think, about 2,000 to 2,500 downloads each week of each new show. And then they just, the numbers continue to go up as people go back. That's really cool. And we have some people going back listening to every single show. And that's, that's, we've been getting a lot of those emails. I found your show. I went all the way back to show one and I've been getting through them. One guy got through all 160 shows at the time in a three week period. Wow. And that's, they all want uh, diplomas 40 now. or 50 hours of content. Yeah. We're having, I'm still haven't sent out the diplomas, but everyone that's listened to all of them, I'm making a diploma. We're going to send those all out. <laughs> Well, I, I discovered your show relatively recently. It was six months ago or so. And I went back about five or six episodes just to sort of get the feel of the thing. And then I just mm-hmm. kind of scanned through the topics to look to see what interested me. So I'm exactly. not quite as dedicated as that. Fun. No, and that's a great way to do it, too, because sometimes this is too much for some people. Uh, you might not want to build your own microphone preamps, but you might be interested on what audio interface would be best for me. I actually love that show, by the way, on building your own preamps. That was great. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really getting into the do-it-yourself stuff, and uh, I was just soldering right before I got on with you guys. And building your own plate reverb, I think I listened to that one twice, just because it was. Yeah, I, I'm I'm that kind of geek. I'm the soldering iron geek. Oh, I love it. You know, I expected the do-it-yourself stuff to be cheaper. Do-it-yourself preamp is still like, you know, if you if you're trying to build like a Neve clone, it's like half the price, which is still quite expensive, right? Uh, if you want to buy an actual Neve 1073 in good condition, you're going to spend about $3,500. Uh, if you build it yourself, you're going to be somewhere in the $500 range. Wow. That's but cheaper then, than I thought. 
Yeah, see, I'm, I'm so more you, in the uh, three to five dollar range. Three to five. <laughs> so you're probably going to be with some of the smaller kits. Yeah, something like that. But like the uh, say you want to build something like the the Beatles preamp, the Red Forty Seven, which is if you go on eBay, I think they're selling one now for about thirty nine thousand uh, dollars. That one you could build for probably around fifteen hundred dollars and have a brand new version of it, and uh, wow. something you can't just go out in the community and buy. So if you want to sound like the Beatles. Uh, you better fire up that soldering iron. <laughs> it's amazing. I've done my soldering for the week on my Make XM radio. Yes. James, you're being uncharacteristically quiet. Do you have anything to say? It is uncharacteristic, isn't it? But my voice thanks me for, for doing so. I do have some questions. Uh, maybe we can um, uh, shift the conversation real quick to sort of the business side of podcasting. When you, you got started doing this, what were some of the ways that you got the word out? How did you gain this listener base? Was it something organic or did you go out and do something to to let everyone know you were having this podcast and it was going to be at this place and you could watch it or listen to it or or grab it? It was completely organic. Uh, we just started uh, talking to people, uh, getting involved in some of the communities. Uh, we didn't even really heavily hit the message boards. It just kind of built slowly. And once we got a, a steady base of people that listened, uh, they kind of spread the word for us. There was never any major marketing campaign or anything of the sort. Uh, just a, a long build. Four years ago, you really didn't have a Twitter to fall back on. There was no Facebook to speak of. Did you use anything of social networking or email lists or anything of that sort? No, no email lists. We just would post things on Facebook on our personal pages. Um, John has the audiogeekscene.com site. And he has a pretty big fan base there. So that community definitely got into it. And uh, I don't know how many of his people ended up being uh, loyal followers of the show, but uh, I would imagine a good chunk there. So, uh, and I, at the time, I had a, a website as well, uh, giving techniques, some microphone techniques, things like that, that got a decent amount of hits. So uh, I took that and then, uh, you know, put it all into uh, the home recording show and shut down that site. But, uh, yeah, you know, we had we had that. We had a, a small base to start from and just built up slowly. You've got such a un unique perspective because obviously during the day, a lot of what you're doing is some very high-end audio with some very specific things you're doing. And then you come back to the house and you do a podcast. Uh, what do you what what do you find are the biggest differences or what are some things that you found that you were surprised by doing a podcast that were so different than what you were doing during the normal part of the day? It all kind of blends into one thing for me. Uh, I do so many different kinds of work, but it all comes down to microphones, preamps, technique, equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, it really is all just one thing to me, and that's kind of how I've always seen it. Uh, I've always liked the idea that there were these different things that people did with the same exact tools, but they never interacted with each other. And that was something I'd found, so I tried to pull together all those different worlds. The, uh, the movie set guys, the sound guys, the live guys, the studio guys, the, the musicians. Um, and there's so many people that are interested in recording themselves in all of those different areas. We have some video guys listening to our shows to get some tips, things like that. And uh, we try to get into a little bit of everything. And maybe some of the other guys are using techniques or tricks that maybe the studio guys aren't using. That might be something worth trying. Uh, I talked to some guys that were doing recordings and drum rooms with shotgun mics that you'd usually see on set for dialogue. There must be some yeah. nice interactions though, because now you're blending together 
people who would have never really used those techniques from other parts of what what is a, a cohesive community, but they just never talk to each other. Exactly. Now, on the website, of course, doing a podcast is much more than sitting down in front of a microso- microphone recording for a while. There's, there's a business side of things as well. Are, are you a, a, a webmaster kind of person? You obviously have advertising on your site. There are things that, that you have to keep running from the business side of things. Are you the business person? Yeah, I, I don't even really see it as a business. Uh, we've never really tried to make a big play for money. Uh, the the podcast doesn't make much money. Uh, we've been sponsored here and there, little things. Uh, we we have the Google ads up. We have uh, donations. Uh, probably the largest part of any income uh, we get is from donations. So it's it's not a lot of money, and I don't even think that it would even pay for our time now with uh, our current rates and how much time we put into the show. We just do it because we love it and it's fun. And uh, if we make a couple bucks, great. It's just gravy. It's nice. And I think that's probably how most people should approach doing a podcast. Find something that you're really passionate about. Find something that's a lot of fun to do and everything else will come. It's the only way it's going to work. Nice. You know, I got to a point um, when I started getting my numbers up where I said, I wonder, you know, if sponsors would be interested in advertising on the show. And uh, the way I attacked it was uh, I I used to listen to a podcast from Leo Laporte on the Twit Network at twit.tv. He was one of the guys that inspired me to get started in the podcasting in the first place. I was listening while he was putting his network together and he kept talking about podcasting. And I've always yeah. liked the radio stuff. And I said, oh, okay, I'm in. I, I did the same thing. That, he, the way he had that set up and the things that he was broadcasting live just made you want to podcast yourself. So that's how I started too. And uh, I, I actually knew what company he used to get his advertisers. It was PodTrack, P-O-D-T-R-A-C.com. And um, so I signed up with them and they give you free tracking, uh, like a free tracking system. So I was using their free tracking system, but their tracking system is basically free so they can monitor your numbers. And when you get above a certain amount, then you start to get the attention of sponsors. And I was on the phone with them a couple of times saying, look, I got pretty good numbers. Uh, uh, Would anybody be interested? And she's like, you got to be like, your numbers have to be higher. And I think that at least on PodTrack, once you get above around 5,000, that's when you start getting the attention of, uh, of some sponsors, at least with that network. So mm-hmm. that, that was kind of the number I was shooting for and um, didn't quite hit it, but you know, I, it didn't really bother me because I never started the network to make money anyway. So. But I was just curious, and that was good information for me. Absolutely. I'm looking at the, uh, the chat room here, and Mr. Christopher's in there. He's the one that sent the sound clip of the chicken. Oh, nice. So we did get some of my people over. So you're the guy who just happened to have a rooster and an SM7. <laughs> uh, well, talk a little bit. This show is the art of podcasting. Talk a little bit about um, the the podcast. Clearly, we're not going to be you know uh, miking drums and and uh, sending people into a, a vocal booth and and we're not going to be using Pro Tools all out. What are some some basic uh, uh, precepts that you could give the podcast? producer or performer uh, from your experience over the years? How to make the best podcast? Sure. Uh, Ideally, you want to track in a room that's quiet, uh, a room that's not very live and bouncy. Uh, We we have a lot of guests, so sometimes they'll be recording in less than ideal situations. And what might not sound too bad in the room, the microphone's going to pick up a lot more than you think. So if you can get even some furniture blankets up, 
take your uh, the duvet off your bed, put it up on the wall just to kill some of that bounce. Uh, directional mics, uh, even just the uh, the SM58, uh, any of those kind of mics. I, I'm not big on condenser mics for podcasts. They're usually too bright, pick up too much room. So uh, just having good audio from the beginning. You don't have to have the most expensive interface or microphone. Uh, $100 Shure SM58 into any basic modern day interface is going to get you good audio. Uh, just make sure that the room you're in and you're, you're close to the mic is dialed in. And it's pretty simple to just knock down those reflections. I use furniture blankets in my studio all the time, even though I have great acoustic treatment everywhere. Still, if I want more reduction, I just take a, a microphone stand, tee it off, and throw a furniture pad on it. And I think you can buy a dozen of those for about $159. So find a friend, split it, get six each. Wow. Yeah, I'm sitting here staring at a moving blanket, actually, right right in front of me that uh, has the name Frank Wolf on it. I don't know who Frank Wolf is or how I came to be in possession Master of this. Master the furniture blanket. But I nailed that sucker up to the wall, and that's what I'm using. And behind me, you can't see it, uh, I have uh, bed padding, you know, egg crate padding for, for a bed. And That's uh, our first sponsor yeah. is... Frank, Frank Wolf, yeah, Frank Wolf's moving pads. That's right, uh, but yeah, it, it's you know it's not difficult uh, because the as I you know, I've mentioned on the show a number of times the the uh, the standard is a lot lower when it's just one voice or two voice. You don't have to have um, you know super acoustics and, and the best equipment. You just need something that's that can pick up a voice, which is a very very narrow range. And uh, you don't want you know a warm environment. You don't you don't really care. You want it as dead as possible, right? You want to be in a black box as much as possible. Pretty much, and uh, make sure the room's not square because that'll get you every time. Rectangles are good. I just had a couple guys in here the other day, and I was explaining to them the magic of the moving blankets. And they said, well, isn't that kind of like, uh, they were kind of leaning towards that low class angle. And I said, uh, you know, I've been to studios that cost thousands of dollars an hour and they all have them. Watch any YouTube video of any major studio and you can spot a furniture blanket in the back in almost every vocal booth. You'll see them. So, you know, don't worry about someone going, oh, well, you're hanging up a blanket. Don't worry about it. Get good I'm going audio. on eBay right now. Then <laughs> get get a wolf, James. Can't beat there's, a wolf. Yeah. No, no this is not here. made by Frank Wolf. I mean, it's got stenciled like the name. It used to belong to somebody with uh, the name of Frank Wolf. Um, <laughs> now he's going to find you and reclaim. That's the blanket. right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been video. looking for that for fifteen years. <laughs> Found your blanket. I've seen videos of live studio uh, recording, and they use everything. Blankets, yeah. um, carpets, rugs all over the place, just things hanging all over the place. It does. You could use pretty much anything. Yeah, I went to NRG Studios in North Hollywood. It's one of the, the really nice studios. They do all the Chili Peppers and Velvet Revolver and you know, just gold records down every hallway. And uh, the band, uh, I believe it was XTC, was in there. And they instead of using the vocal booth because the singer felt claustrophobic or whatever it was, they just built uh, out of like a tube this giant booth in the live room and just use all furniture blankets to <laughs> fill it in. So that's they just awesome. made a fort. <laughs> and that's, that's a studio that's like two grand an hour. Yeah, we have a question in the chat room. Do you recommend single or double layer blankets? Thick. Make them thick. Yeah. The more the better. 
a, gr- a friend of mine, Lalo, he does he hosts uh, a show on my network called Podnuts Pro. He went to Walmart and bought comforters and just lined the whole room with them. It literally looks like he's in an insane asylum. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think the furniture blankets have some kind of fire retardant as well, so probably a better option than getting a whole bunch of blankets. <laughs> yeah, I joke often that my camera shot looks like I'm, I'm broadcasting from the inside of a large coffin. It has that same kind of uh, Yeah, yeah, I saw look. that. That does have yeah. a little bit of that vibe going on. Yeah. But hey, it works. And I, I built a room in a corner of my garage, so that's how I did it, and it's, uh, it's like 8 feet by 12 feet. Your place actually looks like a soundstage. Uh, one of the big sound stages. they have that kind of chicken wire over the, the white fluffy stuff yeah well i you know i I meant to do that that was on purpose (laughs) well it's also a faraday cage so that was important (laughs) yes which is good for me because you know i've got wi-fi everywhere um maybe not (laughs) so what are some common mistakes that you could save people uh headaches by uh, by dropping your wisdom on us right now for a uh, for a podcaster or uh, somebody wanting to do home recording, not not professional stuff, not ditch road records, but I want to record a good track in my bedroom and I want it to sound good. Uh, what are some mistakes people make that uh, that you they should avoid? I see a lot of people using uh, connectors to to connect different cables together and end up screwing things up by connecting a balanced connection to an unbalanced connection and running a long cable. Uh, that kind of stuff happens a lot and you'll get hum and you get all kinds of problems there. So just know when you're using adapters, what you're doing. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, using very cheap cables can be a problem. Uh, and using just wildly inexpensive microphones, unless you're going for an effect, they're really not going to sound all that great. Uh, unbalanced connections, you can't run too far. Uh, definitely don't run cables, your microphone and sound cables across power cables. You'll get a lot of problems there. Just those simple little things, cleaning up cables, will get you a much better sound. Um, and definitely the balanced and unbalanced. Uh, I see a lot of people using uh, too much gain or not enough gain and then trying to, to boost that uh, in post-production or you can't really take out distortion once you've done it. Uh, I would record everything at 24-bit. Give yourself a little more headroom. And while you're tracking, make sure that with all of your... Uh, EQ, compressors, whatever you're using as hardware, uh, when you're getting into your DAW, you want your levels to be hitting right about the center of, uh, of your uh, gain structure on your meter. You don't want to be up in the, the top of the red or even all the way up in the yellow. You kind of just want to be right there in the middle. And that's probably right around minus 10 dB or so. And then you uh, can always know. work in post. I didn't know that. Well, and also if you think about it, uh, especially if you're doing music, um, <laughs> you're doing a lot of tracks. Uh, once you get a bunch of tracks, if they're all hot, by the time you get to the master fader, that thing's being slammed. So uh, when you have multiple tracks, it, it definitely stacks them all better because you don't have so many hot signals being summed down to just two channels. And we, we tend to be, we want hot. We think louder is better. So we want to we want it just under clip. We, we get it we're to a clips and then we back it off half a turn. And we think that's the best way to do it, which might be with one signal, but with multiple signals, not so much. Well, also not, not even so much with one because your meters aren't as accurate as you think they are. And you might actually be getting peaking even if your meter's not telling you that you are. So if you wow. back it off just a little more, give yourself that little extra headroom, you're definitely not going to peak. And even if your meter's not deadly accurate, uh, you have more room to play with. And then you could just add a compressor at the end and post and get you right back up to full level. Yeah, clipping is evil and you can't fix it. Once it's no. there, it's there. Yeah, it's like salt. You can't unsalt your food. 
I'm always uh, I'm always have this consideration that I'm going to pick up background noise if I or too much not background just any kind of noise if I record noise too floor. low. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the other low. thing to worry about. There's there's that sweet spot between uh, not getting too much noise floor and be, having a hot enough signal. But people tend to go a little too hot. So just yeah. if, if you're if you're one of those guys that you're you're seeing it ever hit the red, even on the peaks, just back it off another you know, quarter turn or whatever. Take it back. Gotcha. Because right now my voice, I, I'm not hitting anywhere above minus ten. Really? Yep. Mark, am I clipping? Uh, no, not at all. I shoot for about minus 12 is what I usually hit. So I don't know what you're sending me, but that's what I'm feeding into the board. My little light's green and not red. <laughs> I got to focus right and it just blinks green or red. <laughs> we'll count it. Is there any particular gear you can recommend? Uh, maybe gear you use or have had good experience with that, you know, isn't going to break the bank, but uh, is going to give you good quality. The one I recommend all the time, and especially for podcasters, is the Shure SM7. Uh, it's the mic I'm talking on now. It's uh, the big brother to the SM57. Uh, it's a classic radio mic for years, and the thing is amazing on vocals, uh, male rock vocals especially, uh, talking voices for sure, uh, guitar cabinets, I use it all the time, bass cabinets. And when we did a giant kick drum shootout, we shot out every mic imaginable that you put inside of a kick drum. Uh, a couple of us picked or the SM7 as our favorite, and it's not even a mic commonly used on kick drum. And what, is, uh, what does so that generally cost? $350, and you can find them used for probably around $250 or $300. They, they really don't lose their value, so if you buy one, they're going to pretty much sell for about what you paid for them. But yeah, they're Michael- you can use them everywhere. Uh, Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on this mic, and he could have chosen saying, anything he wanted. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I, I stole your thunder. Saying. You're welcome. <laughs> When I was looking at uh, podcasting mics, it, it came down to me between the uh, the SM7 and the Heil PR40, which is what I'm using right now. I got uh, one of each. Yeah, and I, I they're they're really really close to each other, and in the end, I could get the PR40 slightly cheaper. So that's the way I went. Well, the uh, PR40 is a lot brighter, and right. it has and it has a little bit of a scooped mid feel. Uh, the SM7 is a little more natural, a little rounder, and it takes EQ a little better. Wow. But I use the PR40 all the time, too. I just did a, a track where uh, I was reamping signals for a guy, and I put up the SM7, the PR40, and uh, a Unidyne 3, which is an uh, old SM57, and just gave him everything so he can pick and choose. But the combination of the PR40 and the SM7, um, the, the PR40 had more bite, the SM7 had more body, so you can blend them, and, and it all worked out. That's a good one. There you go, Mark. Just get two mics. And Mr. Christopher asked, does the PR40 sound good on bass cabs? And uh, I use it on bass cabs all the time, especially if I want a, a brighter top end. If it's a slapping or popping or more aggressive sound, I'll definitely go for the PR40 over the SM7 on bass cabs. It's the brightness I like about it. And I yeah, know it has it's a not appropriate for a lot of things, dynamic. but yeah, I, I like that about it. And the PR30 is more like the SM7, has a larger diaphragm, and it has a, a slightly different capsule. Good a little stuff. more uh, SM7 like. Would you say that uh, 350 is about 
to low end price for a good quality mic? I mean, I know you mentioned the uh, the uh, SM58 and SM57 that are around 100 bucks, but if you want to step up, you know, and we're not going to get into the multi thousand dollar mics, is that is that like your? That's what I found to be sort of the 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 baseline is like 350 to 400 is what you're going to expect to pay for a good mic that's not a super awesome mic. Yeah, it's kind of like you go from the the Boone's Farm to the uh, Trader Joe's two dollar a bottle, <laughs> and then the next step up is about an eight dollar bottle. So it, it's it goes up pretty quick. It goes from that you know one dollar to two dollar to eight dollar. So that exponential curve starts going straight up. But uh, pretty much a hundred dollars is the minimum I would spend on just getting a good solid mic, um, like a handheld uh, performance mic, which is also great for studio talking and also you know. I still use a, an, an SM57. It's a $100 mic on all my snares, uh, guitar cabinets. I use it all the time. So great mic. Uh, that would probably be the first one I'd recommend to anybody in uh, working out in the studio. And that was my first mic when I had a four track, you know, back in the mid 90s. Uh, excellent mic. Uh, but then, yeah, you're going to go uh, from there to about the $350 range uh, in the large uh, diaphragm dynamic mics. And then the condenser mics. You can actually find some pretty decent ones. I like the uh, Audio Technica 4040, and that's about 350, and that's an excellent condenser mic, especially for the price. Uh, that competes with the uh, five to eight hundred dollar range, and I've actually used that mic instead of some more expensive mics in a lot of sessions. How do you feel about knockoff mics? Like you know, the SM58's been around for so long; lots of people have copied it. Does anybody do it as well? No, not even close. Hmm. Uh, there's the uh, uh, what's that company called? Uh, they make an ES58, which is uh, if you buy 10 of them at a time, you get them for 20 bucks each, and they're supposed to be a direct replacement. Uh, they're not even close. Uh, different impedance, different outputs, different sound entirely. Uh, they kind of look like them. Uh, and there's a lot of manufacturers, like uh, Audix makes excellent mics that are very similar. Sennheiser makes excellent mics that are you know in the same ballpark. They all have slightly different sounds, slightly different EQ curves. Uh, really, if you can just go in and, and try a couple different microphones and see which one's best for your voice, that's the whole point. And that's why studios have uh, a good locker of all different mics, because what sounds good on one person might not sound great on another person. Uh, I did a session recently with uh, an artist I was working with, and we shot out every mic in the studio for his vocals, and we ended up using uh, Sure Beta 58, which is a 159 retail uh, out of all these different nicer mics we could have used that get used on almost every other session, that was the one that worked best on his voice. And that's right. the one that cut through, and that's the one we used on the album. Now, could somebody walk into like Guitar Center and just say, I want to test a bunch of mics? Do they cater to that? Or are they like, no, man, sure. it's in the case. They will? Okay. Yeah, they, they will. And, um, and definitely go in there doing your research first because they're not going to. They're, 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 gonna, they're going to sell whatever their boss says is the yes. special of the day right? Uh, or the ones that the store has the most juice on. Uh, they're, they're, they're retail. They, they want to do the thing. So definitely go in with the research and use your ears. Oh, here's and, a good question. When looking for uh, advice, who can you trust? HomeRecordingShow.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a softball, uh, wasn't it? Jeez, come yeah, on. You, you really uh, just talk to people that you know that are doing <laughs> the stuff. And if you can try it, and use your ears and trust your own judgment. That's the way to go. Uh, there's there's a, so much information out there. I talk about this all the time with when the, the number one thing I have to teach my children going forward is that you have to be able to vet information. There's so many message boards. 
Uh, so many manufacturers, so much information out there and so much misinformation out there. It's kind of hard to figure all that madness out. So uh, I, I, I would go with podcasts in most cases, especially people that are impartial. Uh, if they have an advertiser, you know, be weary of their them recommending the products that they're being uh, paid money to. So uh, it's kind of hard to find people that are impartial, but there are some great people out there. And Leo Laporte's one of those guys. He'll always say, you know, we have uh, a sponsor. So these are a sponsor. I want to put that out there first before he'll make recommendations. And he'll also make recommendations off brand. Yeah, I think podcasting is a good way to go. I mean, you start to know the person's credibility by listening to them week after week, as opposed to like some forums like there, if anybody doesn't know, there's a forum called Gearsluts.com out there. That's like it's one of the main forums for like music gear, where people, anybody, could just go on there and talk about it. And you really have to be careful on those forums because you you could either have like sh- chills for the company, you could have people who are just ill-informed, you could have complete idiots, you could have pros, you could have all kinds of people on there trying to have a conversation, and you never know what's what to. Really yeah, you just have to, to be able to find, uh, if you see somebody that posts a lot, and you can always check in the forums to see who posts a lot and who's only posted once or twice, and people will start to get reputations. And right. you can look for people that you agree with more often than not. I uh, usually just go straight to Amazon.com and look at all the five-star ratings. and That's, those, usually, that's an excellent way to do that's it. That's usually the best way to go. Yeah. That's a couple of the other audio podcasts out there are um, uh, Ronan's, Re- Ronan's Recording Show. Uh, Ronan's great. Ronan definitely knows his stuff. And uh, Dave Chick uh, over at Inside Home Recording, uh, another great guy. And uh, Dave won't steer you wrong either, even though he has sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully they're sponsors he believes in, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, someone in the message board saying Slough, uh, he hasn't done a podcast in about a year. But Slough's awesome. One of the greatest guys ever. If you ever get a chance to have a beer with Slough, do it. You know, that was one of the first home recording shows I listened to was one of your roundtables. I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, you had all those guys on there. It was a good idea. You brought them all together in one podcast. But, yeah, we but do that every year. Scheduling. Yeah. It's a scheduling nightmare. It's the, right. worst. It's the worst part of my entire year. Um, <laughs> and then when we do the show, it's amazing. But getting right. all of those guys together, I mean, at the time we tried to do the last one, Ronan was uh, somewhere in Asia. Uh, people all over the country and all over the world. It was, it was a disaster. So... We only got about half the people that we were trying to get together for uh, this year's. So uh, next year, we're going to make sure that we uh, get uh, get it dialed in. Good luck with it. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> dreading it. That's not until January. <laughs> hey, I have a question. I know John does the editing of the show, um, but do you know what software he's using and um, anything special about that process that he does? And He's using Reaper now. He uh, completely okay. bailed on Pro Tools to go with Reaper and he loves it. And he also does the uh, reaperblog.net. So he's uh, the guy to talk to about that. Uh, and then I know he's using some noise reduction, some EQ, some compression, but it, uh, it's not wildly complicated, but he has kind of dialed it in and refined it over uh, weeks and now has a pretty solid formula. Cool. Yeah, we've mentioned Reaper a few times uh, here before. I think for most podcasters, it's a little overkill. Uh, it's too powerful, but it's a darn good tool and cheap. It's a great tool to graduate to after you've you know if you've reached your peak on whatever other tool you're using. Yeah, a good free one is Audacity. Uh, it's it's buggy and crashy, but it's free and uh, really easy to use. And I've I've definitely used it in a pinch. 
Um, I actually had to use it recently. I was on a, a shoot doing playback and it was for a Dr. Dre shoot and I showed up and, and no one had, I thought they told me they're going to hand me a CD. So I had a CD player and I happened to have my laptop with me and they said, uh, we're going to shoot you an MP3 and, uh, we're going to need some, uh, two pops at the beginning too. So I had to pull that whole thing together and, uh, I did it all in audacity right there on the set with a laptop. Downloaded so right I'm using audacity. I'm using audacity right now and have done, oh, close to 300 shows with it. I like it. And, uh, yeah, it, it has issues, but what doesn't? I mean, when was the last time Pro Tools uh, worked perfectly for you for a long period of time? Uh, pretty recently. <laughs> Pro Tools has been going pretty pretty long and strong for me. Uh, I, I recently had Audacity crash on me doing a live recording, so uh, and it happened twice within, like, the same month. So I've been Are you on Mac or PC? Uh, Mac. Yeah, I think the P- I actually think the PC version of Audacity is more stable. I think but so the too. thing the thing that Audacity that I that just didn't do it for me was I couldn't listen to effects in real time. Right. It just plays you have to hit that preview button. That drove me nuts, especially after being on like I use Studio One, Ryan, I don't know if you heard of that, but um yes, I'm sir. really happy with that program. You know, the whole thing is stick with what works for you. It's not yeah. about what's best. It's the one that you know how to use and it keeps doing what it's supposed to do reliably. Period. Exactly. Yeah. So that's way too much common sense for a podcaster. You're supposed to be, you know, uh, just re- foaming at the mouth. You're not supposed to speak. I mean, Pro sense. Tools, it's the only way to go. You're all idiots if you don't use Pro Tools. That's better. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. One of your guests said something to almost to that extent one time. I remember he got some hate, not hate mail, but he, got, he ra- raised some, you know, uh, discussions in the comment section after that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that turned into a, a little bit of a war and it was the Mac versus PC and then people get into that. And you could, yeah, uh, there were so no many win. comments. We, we didn't read them. We, we politely ignored it. Well, Mr. Christopher <laughs> in the chat room asked a valid question. Why Mac? Why do you choose a Mac? Ask him why he has a chicken on his lap right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Christopher, why do you have a chicken on your lap right now? I, I chose Mac because uh, I'm, I'm not a Windows guy. I've used Windows for a long time. Uh, I, I like, I prefer Linux over Windows. I like Ubuntu and I use that for most of the computers in our house. Uh, but for recording, the Mac is just the most stable and I haven't had zero issues with it other than the fact that it's a computer. You right. totally need to come on my everyday Linux show then if you're an Ubuntu lover. And yeah. by the way, the answer is she's a house chicken. Of course. That makes I'm sense gonna, to me. I'm not going to start the PC Mac War either, but I've used both recently. And if it was up to me and I had a choice, I would choose Mac for my music recording. Just you know, for my music recording. I don't want to start a war, but <laughs> it just works better for me. I think Macs, uh, the people who use Macs are better people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve Jobs thought that. He, uh, he came out and said that. On I don't want to start a war. I'm just saying that's the way it is. I'm just saying it's a fact. <laughs> that's right. And you can't argue over facts. You cannot. Send your cards and letters. <laughs> to right back to James information. at professormesser.com. Any feedback is good. Yes. There is no negative publicity. Let's see. We're running out of, of stuff in the notes. Not that we've stuck to the notes very well at all, uh, but we're coming up on an hour here, and I, I don't want to monopolize your- podcasting I know. <laughs> I don't want to monopolize your whole night. Just most of can it. I, a large can I ask it. one more question, Mark? It's like no, a I'm, wrap-up question. No, I'm sorry, Steve. It's it's over. It's no. done. I've Once I've begun oh, the We're out of up, time. Thanks. No, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> go ahead. Um, 
what's the plans for home recording show into the future? Like what's, where do you see it going? Where do you want it to go? I heard they were quitting next week and that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. If we don't make a million dollars by next year, we're out. <laughs> no IPO no, we're, we're in the future. Going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it. We, we enjoy doing it. We have no plans to stop. We're not getting tired. Um, we're just going to keep going. Uh, we haven't really made any plans. We just keep doing it. And that's well, here's a related kind of part of our routine that people cool. might not get if they're, you know, not into this podcasting. Why do you do it? Why do you want to keep doing this thing that eats into your time and you don't really get any money out of? Why, why? What's wrong with it's you? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a disease. <laughs> we got it. Uh, it's, it's true. It's, like I said, in the beginning, I, I really wanted to build a community and be involved in it. And that's the most important thing. I've already, I've, it's already exceeded my expectations. So I feel like I've already won. It's, that's it. It's that's very cool. Why I'm there. So, so it's all about doing what you like. So it's not and a profit thing. Love me. Love me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not even that. It's, uh, yeah, it's not even a profit thing. It's just, uh, doing it each week, learning from it, staying involved, staying focused. I see. Sounds I've totally good. been going about this wrong the whole time. I thought <laughs> you start a podcast, you make millions, and then you go and move to Brazil to avoid the taxes. That was the old podcasting. This is the new podcast. Okay. It's a new I media world. I don't know Portuguese. Well, but if you've got millions, no, you can hire people to do. Okay. All right. So is there anything, uh, what, what's what I always like to ask my guests? And this is your, you're the first guest we've ever had on this show. So congratulations or condolences, however you choose to look at that. Um, if you had one, one point that the one thing that you want to make sure our listeners walk away with, uh, with you being here tonight, what would that be? Hmm. I don't know. Start podcasting. Find something you love, find a, a, a niche market that is something that you enjoy doing, want to learn more about, want to be involved with, and do it. Uh, you don't have to be a technical person. You don't know, need to know everything in the world about microphones or any of that. Uh, you just have to figure out enough to record yourself and, and get it out there. And if you can find somebody else to do all the editing and production, so much the better. <laughs> exactly. You're here. Or yeah, just go you're live. In a good position you, know, you, don't, there. you don't have to edit. <laughs> it's true. You don't have to edit. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That. I don't edit heavily. I do some editing. <laughs> less and less as the years go on. I bet. <laughs> well, Ryan, I, I thank you for being with us. And uh, I guess if the guys don't Thanks have anything else, uh, we'll just bid you a fond farewell. Well, thanks for having me. It was great doing the show. Great hanging out with you guys. And we'll uh, definitely have to do it again and maybe even talk some Linux later. Hey, anytime you want to come on, you just let us know. I'll kick James and Steve both off anytime. You just say the <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> Great. We'll, we'll work it out real soon. All right. Talk to you later, man. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. See you, Bye -bye. Ryan. And that was Ryan Canestro of Ditch Road Records. DitchRoadRecords.com, I think it is, right? And HomeRecordingShow.com. Oh, yeah. Did we mention that? He does a podcast. <laughs> just throwing it in there it's a good guest yes and thank you Steve for, for bringing him I, I have no um, credit to take for this one Steve made it all happen on his own 
Yeah, I'm, I've been wanting to do a show with Ryan for a while, and um, actually, I didn't even know he was in the Linux. I would have had him on one one of my Linux shows, but um, he was going to come on Nuts at Night, and then I canceled Nuts at Night, and so um, I'm just, I was happy to get him on this show, which I think is actually more appropriate yeah, good for stuff. what he does. Yeah. Okay, so uh, having said goodbye to our guest, it's time to move to that end part of the show that I call the wrap-up uh, and get to the lessons you learned this week. Steve, have you got a lesson you learned this week? Uh, why, don't we, why don't we start with someone else first? <laughs> James, have you got a lesson you learned this week? Someone else. There's only one other person. <laughs> All right. Well, then I my, will say... My lesson learned was um, have spare material. Have something ready to go when you get that virus that puts you out of commission for a week, it's nice to have something to keep adding to, even if it's written or if you have some audio or if you have some video, that's something nice. Um, and just make sure you have um, good drugs and everything will be fine. That is good advice. On, on two of my other shows that I do, we have shows in the can right now just waiting to go out should the knees arise. And on a couple of the others, we try to record you know, seven to ten days in advance so that we can, we can miss a whole week. And then mm -hmm. if I do a quick edit job, we can get right back on track. Uh, on a couple of shows, this one in particular, um, you know, we're, we're sunk. You know, we, if, I miss a, if I get sick and, and you guys don't want to do it without me, that's all there is to it. Uh, of course, there's there's no tragedy in missing a week here and there, but if you can avoid that, you can keep the continuity going. So much the better. It's a good idea. We have uh, on my Taiwan Tech show. We have it's already edited, it's recorded. It's called Episode X, and when the time comes, I will change the X to a number, and and I'll put it out there. And we recorded it. You know, when we said it, said all right, this is a show that we're recording. And I'm talking about my five-year-old daughter who may have just graduated college when we play this, but it's there. And, and so we don't do any news because, you know, it won't be news by then, uh, right. but it's, it's there and it's in the can and it's ready to go if we need it. <laughs> you have to be careful that it's timeless material. Otherwise. Right. Or just generally useless material. Either way, you're pretty safe. <laughs> yes. Did you come up with something in that time, Steve? Yeah, I have one. Excellent. I, um, you got to realize when you're podcasting, um, that what you say, you, you sometimes don't take for granted just saying things without thinking first. In other words, you now have people listening to you could be hundreds, tens or hundreds or thousands of people now. So, um, realize that what you say can affect somebody's life. So I'm just trying to say here. Be careful and just just attack attack your shows and the way you communicate with your community from that viewpoint. They these people are going to hold you in high regard if they've listened to you enough you, and you have enough listeners and you you become established and literally part of their life. So realize that you can hurt somebody by talking to them the wrong way, um, affect them the wrong way if you're not careful. It's like, in other words, you have friends and then you could talk to your friend very casually and say whatever you want. But the people in your community uh, kind of look up to you. So I would take an approach knowing that and, and try to take it from that viewpoint instead of just like saying something or doing something you might regret. You have a responsibility now as a public figure to, you know, act in, in a responsible way, I guess. Does this make, does this kind of guys know what I mean, right? No, I'm, I'm with it. It sounds like you yeah. tick somebody off and, and are dealing with it this week. No, I didn't. I, okay. I, I 
when I these I don't learn any lessons these weeks anymore. Okay. I have to go digging. That's why it takes me so long. Um, I've learned all my lessons. I don't have any more thing. I don't have anything else to learn in my and, life. And what you're talking about the the being careful what you say it can be very difficult, particularly when you're stream of consciousness talking, you know, you're, right. you're live, you're in the moment, you're trying to fill time, you're trying to multitask. And it's really easy to, uh, to be a real jerk and not even know you've done it. Yes. Good. You were understanding me. Yeah. And as bizarre as it may seem to you, uh, to somebody, you're a celebrity. You know, and it's just as much as it would crush you if your favorite celebrity said something bad about you, you could do that to somebody else and not even know it. Exactly. That's it. And my lesson I learned this weekend, there's, I don't have a solution. It's just something to watch out for. Sometimes when nothing changes, things are different. You know, we, we were, we were recording Ryan this weekend and the last time I used the channel he was on, everything worked perfectly. Tonight. There was a weird high-pitched noise going on. I haven't moved anything. I haven't changed anything. All the cables are exactly the same. Nothing has changed, but it's different. That's just, it bees that way sometimes. Uh, I don't know that there's any solution that you can say to that. I, you know, there's no preparation that you can do. Just know that sometimes things are going to change on you, and you don't know why. Yeah. It's a good lesson. That happened to me. With one of my co-hosts, and I blamed him. He every week he would come on, and I, his headset would sound like crap. And I'm like, "You got to get a new headset." And he tried another headset, and I finally realized that my sound card was starting to go bad, and uh, that contributed to some of the problem. But I didn't change anything either, so I knew quote these are in quotes. I knew it wasn't my fault. So I have full reality on that. Yeah, and if you're using the cheapest possible equipment, the odds are that's going to happen more often. <laughs> what are you true. trying to say? James, you had something a website up there, something you wanted to show us? No, I was, you said cheap equipment, so I thought you were talking about me. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's it. Anything else that you guys want to say? Okay. No. Thanks again to Ryan Canestro for being on the show. That was uh, great. James. Where can people find more about you and your awesomeness online? Well, boy, I don't know about the awesomeness part, but you can always find all the rest of what I have over at ProfessorMesser.com. And as soon as I get rid of this virus, you'll be able to watch a new episode of my podcast, What a Week, at WhatAWeekPodcast.com. Very good. And uh, it's worth tuning into just to watch Mrs. Messer. I married up. Yes. <laughs> she's an attractive woman and and very smart so wh how did you how did you talk her into marrying you it's still a mystery yeah okay and steve how about yourself where can people find out about all of your awesomeness online well if you want to put it that way i think you'll be satisfied with the product i've created called a how to podcast like a professional it's at how to podcast.biz it's basically a brain dump of everything i went through in the last several years starting a podcast from scratch. I lay it all out there, left nothing out that I could remember. And it didn't feel like I left anything out when I was doing it because I was out of breath for like two days after doing that seminar. Um, it's at howtopodcast.biz. Check it out and it will help you podcast better, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was worth everything else, just hearing the better Lee part. And uh, my name is Mark Cockrell and you can find me on Twitter 
if you're so interested at markcockroll.com. I don't tweet anything particularly interesting, but people often ask me that. Hey, you never mention your Twitter's handle or whatever. So that's what it is. But the best way to find me is uh, at elementop.com. And I say that because that's what I do. I go to work, I come home, and I do elementop.com stuff. And more often than I'm willing to admit to my employer, I'm doing them both at the same time. <laughs> so uh, this is what I'm pouring my life into right now, elementop.com. We have this podcast. We have five other podcasts. We have active forums, some less active forums. I would like you to go and make them even more active. Uh, so you can do that, and we would appreciate it. Also, a personal request. I would like for everybody listening to this show right now, pause pause the the, the stream, Right, right after I finish the sentence and go over to uh, iTunes and rate our show, The Art of Podcasting. Uh, leave a comment if you want. That would be fine. But just rate us. Give us, you know, four or five stars, whatever you think we deserve. One star. Be honest. Uh, but uh, we would like. No, to no be, one stars. No. Well, that's OK. Whatever. If you if that's what you feel we deserve. Yeah, just don't do it. Uh, but uh, we, we would like to do that. That's a good way to get uh, more attention. There's not a whole lot. That, I mean, there's there are a lot of shows in the podcasting category, but comparatively speaking, it is a lower number than, say, the sports categories or the tech categories. Those are in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and there are maybe a couple of hundred podcasting ones. So it would be pretty easy for us to stand out if only, you know, 50 or 60 of you went over there and uh, and rated us. And we have that, way more than that listening. That definitely helps. I know that from uh, the Podnuts shows. Um, their algorithm is something like, you know, numbers of downloads plus number of ratings. And I think the better the ratings, the higher you get ranked. So it is definitely helpful for us if you guys do that. Yeah, so please do that. I know those of you who are listening who are Linux users, uh, that requires going to an entirely different computer and downloading a piece of either Windows or Mac software that we all agree is a piece of crap software. No matter whether we're PC or Mac, we all agree it sucks. But do it for us. Do it for Steve. If you don't, Steve will be very depressed and he will go out at midnight and buy stuff. And we don't want him to do that. This is true. I will. So please do that for us. And also leave us contacts, uh, feedback in the forum. Let us know. Send us email, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Stuff like that. Good night, everybody. That ends this episode of The Art of Podcasting.